0: She worked on John F. Kennedy's presidential campaign, was guided through Chicago politics by Richard J. Daley, and became the first female mayor of Chicago. Today we're talking about Jane Byrne as part of the upcoming season of Chicago Stories on WTTW. And with me to talk about all this is the producer and writer of the episode, Rachel Pekelney and the executive producer of Chicago Stories, Dan Protess. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. Rachel Pekelny and Dan Protas, welcome. Thanks so much for having us.
1: It's good to be here.
0: For the listening audience, please share a little bit of your connection to Chicago. Well, I, uh, I've spent my entire
2: life here, uh, with the exception of four years of college and I'm a major Chicago history geek. It's been a, a major focus of much of my work over the last, uh, 24 years at WTTW. So, um, all things Chicago history, Chicago history is a passion of mine. Um, and that's what I love about doing the Chicago Stories series. We've done three episodes already, and we have six more to go. Rachel is a is a relative newcomer to Chicago.
1: Relative newcomer. I've been here for, I guess, about 20 years. Uh, I came to Chicago for college. I went to Northwestern and just kind of stayed after that. My husband is from here, so I I feel like I've... Been in Chicago for a while. You know, Chicago's like an onion. You keep finding out more and more interesting facts the longer you live here. And that was certainly true working on this show.
0: Well, I love the original Chicago stories uh, with John Calloway back in the, I guess it was the 90s. Yeah. Um, and was thrilled to learn the new episodes uh, were being produced, Ida B Wells and and uh, you know a few of the other ones. How did How did Jane Byrne and I guess uh, Dan, this is a question for you, how did Jane Byrne end up being one of the choices for this upcoming season uh, starting in uh, April?
2: Yeah, so actually, I worked on that original Chicago stories uh, with John Callaway when I was a much younger. Uh, and more naive person uh, and got to cover the 1919 race riot, kind of got my initiation in producing Chicago history documentaries. And John Calloway was obviously a wonderful person to learn under. And as a matter of fact, he makes several cameos in the Jane Byrne episode. I know Rachel had a lot of fun going through those archives. I kind of remember you, Rachel, it seemed like you didn't have a lot of background knowledge of John Calloway, and you were really impressed. It was like, "Wow!" Didn't you say something like, "He's
1: an amazing interviewer"? Exactly. Yeah, she she's kind of a tough person to interview. I think most politicians are. They answer the question that they they want. They wish uh, was asked, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he definitely drilled down, put her on the spot, um, and it was just fun seeing seeing him in his element back then. I mean, I I watched Chicago Tonight. Um, you know, before he, he passed, um, which I think was what, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Um, And I was a fan then, but just really seeing him in his element was exciting.
2: Flash forward to this year and now I'm the executive producer of Chicago stories and we've revived it. And uh, so the first three episodes were the great Chicago fire. So 1871, Ida B. Wells, uh, Turn of the Last Century, and uh, The Birth of Improv, 1950s. And so when we were looking to do six more episodes this spring, I was looking maybe to get us a little closer to the present. As much as I love looking at old black and white photos, it it was nice to move into the footage era. Um, And so Jane Byrne was just kind of a a natural, if we wanted to tackle something of more recent Chicago history, but also just a, a story from the 1970s and 80s that is more
0: relevant now um, than ever. I've actually watched uh, the Jane Byrne documentary. i you know, got advanced uh, access to it. Um, I've watched the episode twice now. I've seen something new each time which I think is a sign of a, a pretty solid documentary. Have you gotten similar response from those not connected with the production?
2: Well, you're, you're one of the few people who's actually seen it. So <laughs> oh, is that true? Oh, wow, wow. Rachel, have you shown family members?
1: Um, I have shown family members, yes, um, or a family member. Um, and, you know, my husband, even even though he grew up in Chicago or in the Chicago area, he did not know uh, more than half of the things in the film. And I think that's probably going to be true for most of Chicagoans, um, you know, and that's not by accident. I mean, I think that Jane Byrne's legacy was kind of Buried or erased for a long time, and it wasn't until recently that she really kind of got her due.
0: Certainly, uh, her connection to John F. Kennedy's campaign, Richard J. Daley taking her under his wing, uh, that Byrne was the first ever woman in Daley's cabinet. I hope I'm not giving too much away, but all of this stuff, I was like, I had no idea, you know. And and maybe that was just because of the time that I grew up or. Rachel, to your point that a lot of the information, you know, you just hear kind of like the top 10 bullet points and, and the documentary really really kind of drills down on things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, (laughs) I'm a little embarrassed to admit this. I was not alive when Jane Byrne was in office as mayor of Chicago. Um, You know, she, she was elected in 1979 um, and she, uh, you know, she was a trailblazer. I mean, I think Chicago was, was not really ready for that. And, um, you know, she came in and, and really, in in only four years, I mean, she only was in office for one term and she did so many things that we still see around Chicago today, um, and I'm sure you're going to get to this a little bit later, but, you know, we talk about the festivals, the neighborhood festivals, um, and really, you know, recognizing the distinct cultures that are represented in Chicago. Um, you know, I was in a Ukrainian village uh, recently in the last couple of weeks, and you see all the Ukrainian flags outside in people's homes, and, I mean, she was she was the person that recognized that neighborhood, um, and it's it's unique, Um population. And, you know, so many other things, you know, really recognizing the gay community in Chicago, um, that was huge. She, you know, was the first woman in office. And so that alone um, made her uh, kind of a the subject of, of many news stories, um, some about the daily news and some just about what Jane Byrne was wearing. And so, you know, she was kind of a spectacle in a lot of ways then.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly didn't follow politics as much back in the late 70s. I was alive, but I was much younger. Uh, but I recall thinking it was pretty cool. I mean, the idea of the first woman becoming mayor of Chicago. But, you know, even as a kid, I had a weird sense that even back then there was some pushback, uh, not just from voters, but from uh, fellow politicians and and even the media. And uh, it turns out I was right based on your documentary because there was so much pushback. Um, and you know, it, it, definitely, uh, you know, it definitely shows, I think, both the good and the bad of, of her time as mayor. Yeah, Absolutely. a couple of the
2: highlights for me are the uh, media appearances uh, that Rachel dug up on uh, David Letterman, where David Letterman clearly doesn't know what to do with a woman politician. And then, of course, the vintage Oprah clip uh, with someone named Warren. I'm never. I'm not quite sure who Warren was. Uh, we open the episode with it, and he. Uh, what, what does he say, Rachel? That he's that a, a woman like uh, Jane Byrne should be in the kitchen cooking breakfast for her husband, Jay.
1: Exactly, making eggs. that's that's a woman's place. And she fires back and and says, "You know, any woman is is just as capable as any man to to make change. And you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but to to go into politics, you know, she didn't just take what was thrown at her, and she definitely spoke up for herself and for all women, I think, that wanted to do things that were either unpopular or out of the ordinary. You know, I, I look back at that now and I think, you know, all these things that I'm able to do today and the fact that we, that Chicago has the second female mayor today and not just the second female mayor, um, the first gay mayor. And, you know, I think that all of those things would not have been possible unless there was a first and she was the, a lot of people might not know this, but Jane Byrne was the first female mayor of any major city in the country. Didn't know That's that. huge. I yeah. mean, and a lot of people don't know that. What uh, what I found interesting was that even even living in Chicago and, you know, hanging out downtown, seeing all of these plaques recognizing, you know, um, important Chicagoans, I never saw her name anywhere. And so, you know, that kind of makes me a little bit angry, you know, as a woman who's trying to learn about my city and the history of my city and this person who had such an influence on the city is not anywhere. Um, knowing that now, I mean, you know, I'm glad that the interchange is named after her now. I'm I'm glad that, you know, Water Tower Plaza is named after her. And I'm glad that this show was made, to be honest, because I, I think that people will finally learn um, the impact that she had. It's not to say that everything she did was completely drama-free and um, without without any pushback. I mean, she definitely had some haters. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, but she also did a lot of things that should, should have recognition.
0: You have uh, somebody, and I forget who it is, who um, says, you know, I think it's great that the interchange is being named after, but it's one of the most frustrating interchanges of the city.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's Don
2: Rose, her uh, campaign manager. Ah,
1: yes. And he was one of a few people that said that actually.
2: Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But he, his point ultimately is uh, history is, goes to the winners. You know, she was a one-term mayor and obviously succeeded by the first Black mayor, Harold Washington, but her, her history was not written uh, by herself or her family uh, until now. I think we're giving the public a little glimpse of the story from her perspective. And and I think one of the things I'm really proud of about this documentary and that I think Rachel just did an exemplary job of was striking a balance. There are so many moments from her career, particularly her moving into Cabrini, for which she's been vilified. And I think we really struck a very careful balance of completely understanding from her perspective and her family's perspective why she moved into Cabrini-Green but also understanding why that was an insult to a lot of primarily African-Americans in Chicago and certainly to people who lived in Cabrini.
0: It's certainly not flowery. You know, you've know, you got her daughter, you've got her sister, you've got people who knew her best uh, speaking about her, but it doesn't come across one-sided, I don't think. So again, the, the power of a, a well-done documentary is to present both sides and not have that, that voice. So um, kudos again on that. Thank you. Yeah, and she,
2: Rachel, I really felt like her story lent itself to that balanced portrayal. She, just as a person, was someone who, one moment, I would just be blown away by her actions, and the next moment, I would be horrified by something that she'd say.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mentioned this to you, Dan, probably halfway through uh, making the documentary. And it, it, just that, you know, I went from from being kind of in awe of her and just surprised by everything that that we were uncovering to, you know, once I learned more about some of the critiques, I I was just kind of blown away and, you know, disappointed in some of the decisions that she made. I was in disbelief that she would kind of you know, go back on her word on certain things or be so inconsistent with the media or, you know, ban the media like she did. I mean, I'm a real advocate for free speech and, um, you know, to ban the media from City Hall after being so friendly with them for so long. It it just, you know, there were a lot of things that just made me upset. And then as we continued to work on the film, by the end of it, I just, I, I, I had a, a sympathy, you know, I, I felt like she, um, she was up against a lot um you know being the first woman in Daly's cabinet being the you know kind of chosen successor in in many ways maybe not overtly but she was kind of the the mentee of of the elder mayor daly and you know a lot of people suspect that the reason that she never got the recognition she deserved was was an intentional kind of blackout by <laughs> by Daly's son um rich daly and um, that rivalry was evident in, you know, in, in just the, the lack of recognition of her in the years after her tenure. And so it would be unfair to say that um, she was such a wonderful mayor. And it would be unfair to say that she was the worst mayor in Chicago history. I mean, there's so much gray area in this. And we tried to really capture that while still telling the story of Jane Byrne,
2: Yeah, I think the the hardest, if I remember correctly, the hardest decisions were how to get. So she faced three strikes. Schools,
1: transit and the
2: firefighters. So packing those three strikes into what ended up probably being two or three minutes. But, you know, there was initially I think that was a good 10 minutes. And, And a lot of this, again, echoes what the city is facing now in particular, the, um, her tumultuous relationship with the teachers union not so dissimilar to what Mayor Lightfoot and Rahm Emanuel
0: before her have dealt with. And, and certainly getting uh, police vaccinated and all the pushback from the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. that's, uh, boy, a lot to go up against. And honestly, it's something that I wrote here in my notes. It Looking at her first year of politics, all I could think was, why would Anybody want to get involved in politics? If this is what you have to deal with every day, having people, you know, throwing verbal assaults.
1: And that so, on top of the fact that she was a woman. Like we can't forget that. Oh, and yeah. and people, you know, if they maybe hated her a little bit, they hated her so much more because she was a woman, you know? Yeah. And and so every little thing she did was scrutinized. If she wore the wrong thing, if she said the wrong thing, if she was too aggressive, if she was too like docile, she she couldn't, she couldn't appease everyone. And, um, that was true through her tenure and, and afterwards too. And I think people try to kind of tie it up in a bow and say, well, you know, well, well, that was a waste. Like those four years didn't matter. She didn't do anything, but, you know, when you really look back, she did.
2: We should also mention a few of the key interviewees, uh, namely Lori Lightfoot, the second woman mayor of Chicago. I mean, if there's anyone out there who understands. Stands what Jane Byrne went through. It's Lori Lightfoot, and she she has some great. She she chimes in on uh, how Jane Byrne was treated as a woman in office, but also just on uh, the surprises when you get into office. I think that's a highlight for me when when Jane Byrne is. Um, she she shuns the people she calls the evil cabal, the, the eds, Ed the Ennis, yeah. and, and Ed and, uh And then once she's in office, she realizes, oh wow, I need city council's cooperation. And I got Rachel, I got the sense that Lori Lightfoot, when you started asking her about that, knew not that she would ever uh identify with um cozying up to Ed Burke, but I I think Lori Lightfoot definitely knew where Jane Byrne was coming from when she needed city council's support to get done what she wanted to get done for the city. And the Uh, other two key interviewees were, uh, of course, two reporters who covered the burn campaign and and her time in office, David Axelrod, who at the time was a young reporter and Carol Marine, both of whom I thought just gave Rachel's just spectacular uh, interviews. Carol Marine is obviously amazing.
1: Yeah, Carol Marine, I'm, I'm a little bit of a super fan, like it was such an honor to interview her. Uh, and, you know, just thinking about what it must have been like for a woman at that time to cover that election and um, to cover Mayor Byrne in office and to see all of the things that she saw, you know, did that affect the way that she reported on the story? I think it probably did.
0: Yeah, I think it would I think it would be difficult for her to say, no, it didn't have any effect on it at all. I mean, she had to be a little bit in awe uh, being that much younger and, you know, trying to be professional, but being excited for, mm-hmm. for this woman coming into this role. Um, no, I mean, all of your interview people, there wasn't a point where I looked and was like, oh, this guy's not really pulling his weight. Everybody was was top-notch in it. So uh, a few more questions for you. Here's one for each of you. What was the most surprising thing you each learned uh, producing the Jane Byrne
1: segment. The most surprising thing. I'm not sure it was one single thing. Oh, but just the the number of things that she was responsible for. Um and you know I think that viewers will also be surprised to learn that she um and her team dreamed up Jazz Fest and um all of the neighborhood festivals. She was the first mayor to to implement that. Um, she uh, was, again, uh, very supportive of the gay community and, um, and, you know, rode in the parade, the, um, you know, the pride parade, you know, she introduced a bill that would um, prevent police from raiding uh, gay bars at the time. Um, and I think you look around Chicago and you start to recognize that this would not be the city that it is without, without Jane Byrne as mayor at that time.
2: For my part, I think, um, well, as I mentioned, the Cabrini Green, uh, I, I had always, I think, personally referred to it as the stunt, the Cabrini stunt. Understanding that from her sister's, obviously, she's not alive to tell her own story, Jane Byrne, but her sister's perspective that she really felt that Jane Byrne really felt like um, she wanted to draw attention to a problem in the city and was using the, the, power of the her bully pulpit to try to draw attention to violence at Cabrini. I, I thought that was and in many many points in the documentary, I just think getting to hear from her daughter Kathy, who was an excellent interview and her sister um, I thought was was really uh, new and refreshing for me. Also I had always thought of Jane Byrne um, as the the candidate who bucked the machine uh, who'd you know come up, under Richard J. Daley and and kind of was raised in the machine, but ultimately was ushered into office by breaking with the machine and um, particularly by courting the Black vote. What I didn't really understand was the ways in which she kind of, I don't want to say embraced the machine, but did ultimately, at least as we said, um, had to kind of cozy up to Ed Burke and Edward Verdoliak in order to get her agenda pushed forward and the extent to which her, um, the black community really felt like she had, uh, they brought her in office and that she had turned her back
0: on them, uh, in many ways. And Rachel, this one's going to be specifically for you as you've spent much more time getting into the head of Jane Byrne. I think, Um, if you had a chance to ask Jane Byrne a question today, what would it be?
1: Oh, such a good question. Was it worth it? It was really difficult for her, I think, to be in that position. You know, she was a very strong woman, you can tell, and she did face a lot. But I wonder sometimes if if her life would have been easier if she did not run for mayor. Um, i I wonder what her life would have been like, and you know what she would have gone on to do. and I, I guess i I would have I would like to know if it was worth it and what else she would have done with her life if not run for mayor.
0: Rachel Forkelny and Dan Protess. Uh, I wanna thank both of you for being on. The new season of Chicago Stories starts Friday, April 1st with the Jane Byrne uh, episode. Uh, I wanna wish you both uh, well with future projects. Thanks so much. Good to be here, thanks. listening to our discussion about the first episode of the new season of Chicago stories Jane Byrne. Big thanks to my guests Rachel Pacalney and Dan Protess, and thanks to WTTW for putting us together. I have a brief list of links to books as well as other related items in the show's notes as well as on the Chicago History Podcast website at chicagohistorypod.com. If you are someone you know is a history nerd like me who would like to learn more. Anything ordered through those links, not just the items listed, may earn a small commission for the podcast and help offset production costs at no additional cost to you. If you don't already, please follow the show on social media as I update Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram throughout the week with articles, pictures, and behind-the-scenes tidbits to enhance the episodes. As always, if you have any questions about anything covered today, anything to add or have an idea for a future episode, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. The amazing art for the Chicago History Podcast used on the social media pages was created by John K. Schneider. Thanks, John. He can be found at Angel Eyes Art JKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail.com. And we'll be back soon with more stories from Chicago's history. Until then, get out and explore when possible. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe.